Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I am Boyd Hilton. Sidekick Josh is shaking his head. What are you shaking your head for, Josh, at this early stage? Was that your phone pinging? It's my phone pinging, yeah. Sorry. Let me mute it. Let me mute it. Sorry. That's all right. It's my, I don't it's mind. My, it's my Arsenal. It's my Liverpool sporting friend because Liverpool just kicked off as we speak against Leicester on, uh, on, the, on the TV. Um, but we'll ignore that. This festive is our greetings. Last, festive yeah. greetings to everyone. This is, is, this is our last podcast of the year. Um, I said it that last week, but of course it was being stupid because... Um, we were always going to do this podcast. We had a game postponed today, um, so we can't talk about that. But we did. I don't think we talked about the League Cup match, did we? Anyway, in de- much in detail, we've got that to talk about. Two massive victories to talk about. Well, one massive victory in the league, one very enjoyable victory in the League Cup. And I thought we'd copy um, Sky Sports last night. Gary Neville and um, Jamie Cagger did their like half season report on their players of the year and buys of the year. So I'm going to copy that gratuitously and then we'll t- we'll do some of those i haven't warned josh or our guests that we're doing that but we are um just a few obvious um questions about how the season's going so far and we are joined by the excellent chocolate entrepreneur and leibniz biscuit muncher ollie shorts welcome ollie. good evening boy good evening josh great to be here the last time you're on ollie um i banged on about you being a chocolate magnet as i always do you are you, you do you do have your own uh, just can see in the background of where you are right now loads of chocolates um or is that something else was that less, less, what's, what's in the background there are they cards something? they are children's books children's books children's books not chocolates they all look the same <laughs> anyway you are you are a chocolate um and, and I, I went on about it and someone um tweeted me saying um lovely podcast this week Great guest. No, you didn't say who he was. So apparently I went on and on about you being, you know, who you are. But I didn't actually say your name. Or if I did, I said it apparently. I mumbled it at best. So Ollie Shorts is here in full. He's on, you're on Twitter, aren't you? I think. I'm on, I'm, I'm, on, I'm, I'm more of a, a Twitter watcher rather okay. than Twitter. Okay. Well, I don't know what they, I don't know what they'd be called. Um, I'm, not a, I'm, not a, I'm not a tweeter. I'm just yeah. A, you're a voyeur, basically. A voyeur. Yeah, yeah I'm a voyeur. Yeah. Like Arsene Wenger. Yeah, in the uh... absolutely not like Arsene Wenger, who uh, is back in back in the hood in in Tottridge for Christmas. Is he? Have you been seen spotted. him jogging? Have, I haven't, but he's been spotted uh, by the locals. Excellent, uh, which is very exciting. So um, very good. Um, yeah, yeah, if anyone been? needed another reason to visit the local area, the, there it is. So that's very exciting. Where's he been? Ollie said. A... Ollie said, "Where's he been?" I think he's been all over. He was at the um, Arab. Cup, Arab, there was an Arab thing that, that Beckham was that, that he was there. I saw, I don't know. Yeah, I yes, that was photos of Santi Gazzola, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. exactly. It was lovely, lovely meeting up with Santi Gazzola. Yeah. Um, uh, was that Qatar? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, a little run through for this time next year when we'd have uh, finished the World Cup by then. Right, yes. Yeah, David Beckham shilling for the uh, Qatar, dodgy Qatar regime. I mean, I'll leave that. Have there. you been offered a role, Boyd? 
No, and I certainly wouldn't take it if I was. I'm not. I would not. I draw the line at um, promoting. Uh, no money could buy you for the Qatar World Cup. Absolutely not. No, no, no. I mean, it's it's a horrendous, uh, homophobic um, regime, and yeah, oppressive regime that's responsible, I believe, um, <laughs> for the deaths of many, many people in the building of these stadia for the World Cup. Anyway, let's not get bogged down in in that. <laughs> business at this early stage um you were asking my, how was my festive season very good very um chilled yeah not much going on slightly annoyed that the arsenal game was postponed today. yeah i was looking forward to today. yeah yeah same same it would, did you go for a, a nice uh nice bit of snail before <laughs> anyway just just even without the game no i didn't i, I could have pretended no i didn't have the snail that's don don baldwin's wow. um speciality um, how was your uh, festivities? Yeah, very, very, very good, Enjoy, enjoyable. Um, we we did a kosher turkey uh, at the at the weekend and uh, had like had some family around, so it was it was it was a merry Jumas for you. Clearly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, I literally went to, to synagogue, uh, a, a rare out in synagogue Saturday morning, followed by wow. a. Uh, a kosher Christmas lunch. So very multicultural 2021 Britain. We are all, of course, Jews on this podcast, I think it's fair to say. Ollie, what, what about you? What did you how did you celebrate? Did you go to synagogue? Did you have a No, no. I, I watched I watched Die Hard. Very good. Very good. Classic. But I don't know I don't understand why people call it a Christmas movie. It's still Well I, I don't I don't get that. For me, it's just an action movie, just so happens to be on Christmas Eve. Um, I mean, but I, I enjoy it. I enjoy watching mm, it um, mm. every Christmas. It does take place at Christmas. There's a lot of Christmas um, trees and people dressed as Father Christmas and general Christmas paraphernalia. So I think the clues are there in, in why people consider it a Christmas film. Does the film? Oh. Have, I mean, this is a, yeah. <laughs> Let's not get bogged down with this either. Though. I mean, in, Boy, entire, uh, yeah. You watch a bit of the Bake Off uh, Christmas yes. special with the It's Very a good. cast. Enjoy that. Very, very much enjoyed it. Yeah, that was a great yeah, coming together of two excellent Channel Four shows: Production. TV Drama of the Year, It's a Sin, and Bake Off, of course. The excellent, yeah, it was great, really good. Yeah, it was, uh, it was very good. Um, I'm already looking forward to your review of 2021, or is it a 2021 review or a half season review you had in mind, Boyd? I think we're talking half season review. Yeah, because okay. I think considering football goes in seasons rather than years, I think the year. Stats are a bit meaningless. Although Arsenal, oh, I, I do love it. I love the the year stats because okay. they, they are so meaningless. Yeah, they are. I don't. I don't understand why they ever get pull, pulled no. out. I mean, the amount of times we won the league, like yes. in the sort of latter Wenger era in the year, I think we probably won it four or five times, but never actually went on yeah. to, to win the league. Right. It's the most ridiculous um, thing that comes out of every year when it comes to football. Yeah. Yeah, it's preposterous. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm talking uh, half season, halfway through the season type situation. Yeah, um, but we'll get to that. We should talk about um, the excellent. I mean, a few things to discuss around the um, League Cup game, the Carabao Cup game. I guess Eddie Nketiah is, is seems to be the most obvious place to start. A hat trick, including one. I would describe it as cheekily brilliant goal. Um, and it was re- reminiscent almost of Canoe. Yes, away at Middlesbrough in yes, uh, '99. I would I would argue April '99, if I remember rightly, which led to the uh, famous um, photo on the front of the VHS that year, which they called "Double Bypass." A nod, of course, to his previous <laughs> medical history. An unlikely, an unlikely little joke about his you, heart problems. You quite rightly love quoting that um, video. Yes. I'm fully behind you. Yeah, I mean, I've got it. I have got it in my box of videos. I think in my in my spare well, room. Really, it should be one of the saddest videos to ever remember because like Arsenal throwing away the league away yeah. at Leeds when yeah. Nelson Vivas decided to uh, duck under the ball and Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank scored. Really, it's, and obviously the semi final at Villa Park where Burkamp missed the penalty and. Ryan yeah. Giggs scored. Yeah, it's quite a sad video. It's kind of maybe it's appropriate that it's called Double Bypass. It, it, I think it's appropriate. Yeah, I think it is. Um, how old were you, by the way, at that point? You can't have been very old. You... Uh, Twelve, I would have wow. been at the wow. uh, end of our season. But that's the age where you like really like you know everything and you yeah, take true. it all in. And true. yeah, I yeah. really, uh, I really loved. Um, yeah. I loved it. I mean, I sometimes feel like I can remember the results more clearly. Oh. From that period, than like the last couple of years where they sort of merge, you can oh, definitely, yeah, really, uh, really. But Ollie, the question is with Eddie Nketiah, 
Um, great performance in that game. I mean, it was against Sunderland, who Sunderland, who are I don't even know what fucking league they're in. I mean, they're they're a long way away. First division, first league one, league one, league yeah, one, league one, you. league one. Um, uh, but I, and I, I, I must admit, I'm not his biggest fan. You know, I would be quite happy, frankly, if we sold him in the transfer window. Um, but what do you think? Do you think that hat trick has? short up his position and that he might stay and would you like him to stay? And do you think, you know, that's more representative of what kind of player he is? Uh, for me, and I don't know many Arsenal fans <laughs> who are sort of pro Enketia staying. The only reason I'd like him to stay is because we could probably get a fee for him if he signs a contract, but he's still so young. I think we forget how old he is. Um, he's still 21, 22. I, can't, I, I, think I, he's actually, I think he's actually 23. I'm going to check it, though. Um, um, but there's not many 23-year-olds yeah. um, leading sure. the line for, you know, for, for anyone in the Premier League. So why he thinks that he should be, um, even for the lower teams at that age, I, I don't know. And maybe his agent's just feeding him a lot of rubbish. But I think he's probably best for him to stay at Arsenal because there's an opportunity... Because Lacazette's off in the summer. Aubameyang's, well, we assume that he, he, he's going to be phased out. Um, you know, he could do a Granite Xhaka and come back. Who knows? But there's an opportunity at Arsenal if he wants to stay. But looking at him, looking at his performances, when he comes off the bench in the league and stuff like that, he just doesn't look like he's good enough. But I have been proved wrong many a times watching Arsenal. So who knows? Would I sell him if he got 10, 15 million? Absolutely. Um, but he's, it's Sunderland, isn't it? He always does well in the League Cup and the Europa League. Yeah. Josh, 22. He's 22. Um, and it's not, I don't know. I mean, he, you know, Dave Bremerby came on and scored against Leeds, then he was brilliant. Um, this reminded me of that a bit. Like, you know, he has these moments of kind of excellence where we all suddenly you know, remember how, how good he can be, but I'm not convinced. Do, uh, do you think, do you think um, this has changed anything? Well, I'm not convinced. I mean, you, you look at sort of comparisons and you kind of think, well, it was literally this week last year where we, where we spoke about Smith Rowe and getting opportunities and making a huge breakthrough, but it, I, you don't feel the same could happen with Eddie Nketiah. And, and you look back with, with Eddie Nketiah and he, he actually made his sort of Premier League debut you know in the 2017-18 season that's a long time to sort of be be around in the fringes and you know it it was in that season he he had five games in the in European competition as as well so you kind of sense that that's that's a lot of time four and a half seasons to be around the first team and get an opportunity whereas you know Emil Smith-Rowe didn't make his first Premier League appearance for Arsenal until 29-20 so to come in and and do it last year was still you know felt fresh and there there was opportunity for him and and that's possibly a difference Um, but the next six months are are obviously you know huge if he does does stay at the club but you, you can imagine there's almost a temptation to think wow great Sunderland in the League Cup, get him on, score a couple of goals. He's more on people's radar. Um, and it probably gives you a better opportunity to maybe get a bit more of a fee than, than you otherwise um, might. It, it seems unlikely that he is going to turn into someone who suddenly it becomes, you know, you know, it, obviously not a first team player, but even someone who we would be, you know, longingly looking to from the bench when you compare to, you know, Martinelli and, and, and others on the on the fringe at the moment. So I don't know. I uh, I suspect I suspect a, a move away from the club in the way we saw with, you know, let's say a Willock and and some funds coming in is is probably going to be the way forward. But you know, credit to him for the for the finishes the other day. I mean he looks confident, doesn't he? Whenever he comes on, you think yeah. he believes in himself. And look, maybe he will get more of an opportunity now. No, Bamiyang, you know, was always going to be a bit more opportunities with a couple of players going to the African Cup of Nations. So maybe there's uh, some Premier League games in him in, in February to come. The other thing, of course, that happened in, well, the other very exciting thing that happened in that game, Ollie, was Charlie Patino coming on, who is, um, he looks, I think he looks like a nine-year-old maths nerd at school. 
with all due respect to math nerds, and I have huge respect for math nerds, in fact, I, would, I, I very much, very much am in awe of math nerds, but he looks, he's the least likely looking footballer, even, he, 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 even among the young generation of any kind I've, I've seen in many a year, and he's, you know, he scored. Um, that was fantastic. And like, there's been a clamour. I remember, I think in the previous podcast before that game, I remember talking about how lots of people on Twitter were like, Charlie Patino, you know, hopefully he'll be on the bench. And I was like, I was like, no, he probably won't, you know, because the manager's too cautious. But he was, he was on the bench. He came on and he scored a goal and it was fantastic. Yeah, it was, uh, I thought he stole the, stole the line right from Nketiah, in yeah. my opinion. I thought that was, that was more exciting. I mean, Eddie Nketiah, Scoring a hat trick against the League One side, it, to me, it, it doesn't excite me as much as how old is he? Seventeen, making his debut for Arsenal. Eighteen, seven. Yeah, maybe eighteen. Just turned eighteen. That to me is exciting, and we've heard a lot about this kid. Um, if you read up on who's kind of try and make it through from um, from the academy into the first team, he's seen as the one that everybody's talking about. So, for, you know, for him to come on on his debut, you know, score within ten minutes, that's that's exciting. And you just hope that there's a bright future for him. Um, I remember when Wilshire came into the the, the squad um, for the in the League Cup games, and and he absolutely tore, you know, some of the lower league teams to to, to pieces. And you know, fingers crossed, he he can do that next season. We'll have more of an opportunity. Hopefully, we can get ourselves back into to Europe as well, and there'll there'll be more game time for him. But everything that I've read seems that that the club have a lot of. A lot of faith and hope that he's going to be the the next big thing at, at Arsenal, and and I think we all hope that. Yeah, he's just eighteen, isn't he? He was eighteen in um, October. This is age check, the age check podcast at the moment. Um, uh, but it was it, it was exciting, and, and um, it's just I think everyone everyone's he's the player, isn't he? It kind of in the under twenty three, Josh, that everyone is aware of being like a potential superstar, like super skillful attacking guy so it was it was pleased from that point of view that he just came on at all wasn't it yeah I look this is you know harping back over many years what the league cup was I, I so clearly remember going to Arsenal Rotherham in, in 2003 and I think it was Fabregas's debut and and you know he was obviously much younger really than Patino at 16 compared to a fresh-faced 18 year old um and I think that's all you could possibly want from this competition to, to see people um, for the first time, yet see them in an environment where actually we put out a really strong team. And what an amazing opportunity to come on when you're already several goals to the good against League One opposition. Like you couldn't ask to walk onto the Emirates pitch in any nicer circumstance, could you really? Um, there's so much hype about him. And I think also um, about, you know, Miguel. Aziz is probably the other one who who gets you know a, a lot of hype and um, oh. you know we, we went a long period didn't we basically without anyone really making a huge impact between you know Wilshire and you know in the last couple of seasons of seeing Saka was the only one wasn't he you know that yeah, was yeah and, and yeah I don't think people will, will look back on sort of Iwobi in the same light as a <laughs> no. you know, Fabregas or a Wilshire. <laughs> Or I think how Saka and Smith Rowe will come to be, you know, remembered. Although to get you know Iwobi through to the first team is obviously tremendous credit, and he you know was an important part of the first team for for several years. So I don't know. It's it's just perfect, and and to follow that up by being on the bench against Norwich, you know, brilliant. And again, you assume there's more at least substitute or bench opportunities coming when you take out the lads that are going to the um, African Cup of Nations. So. I mean, it's also impossible to tell who's really doing their social media and, and everything like that. But the way he's come across in, in bits and pieces I've seen is is brilliant. Like so, mm. hum, like, so humble and speaks so well. And I can see he's already been involved in a couple of sort of charitable projects and, and sort of given up some time and given some stuff that's been been signed. So you know, it looks like a looks like someone who we can get excited about. And if we could see him in a uh, you know, I, I don't quite know how we'll go at, against Liverpool, but you hope there's at least a space on the bench room in some of these big games. Balogun also played, of course, which is the other player I said um, wouldn't play, even though he, he did. And he it wasn't um, an amazing performance. I mean, you know, I think I think generally there's a feeling that he needs to go out on loan. It's one that seems to be a classic case of that, doesn't it, Ollie? That you know, he's a 
he's a promising player, but that, you know. Yeah, he's a strange one, isn't he? Because he kind of got the nod ahead of Nketiah last season because we tried to get him to sign a, a yes. contract. Because I think his I think his deal was running out at the start of the year. Um, and he played and he looked good. I think, he, again, a goal on his debut, I think it was in probably against Mould or something random like that. I, I can't. I can't remember. And we, we thought we got a good player. Um, but he hasn't, whenever I've seen him since, he's not really done anything to excite me. And and against, you know, League One Sunderland, like Enketia did, that, that was that was a time, that was an opportunity for him to say, I'm here and I can, I can put the ball in the back of the net and I can offer, you know, something different. But he really, he really didn't. And it was, uh, I think he looked back on that performance as one that got away from him. Um, because there are opportunities um, within the club to go and get, you know, an appearance off the bench. As Josh said, we've got players who are going to be away. We've got the you know, the Christmas period. COVID's probably going to knock a few people out. There's an opportunity there. And he didn't take it. He was really poor, wasn't he? And he just, <laughs> he, stu- he, he stuck out. I was out being nice. That. I said he was a bit, I didn't say, yeah, I didn't, yeah, but yeah, he was, he wasn't great. Yeah, you're right. He wasn't great. Um <laughs> Do you think, do we think, Josh, I mean, just thinking of the, you know, our striking situation, our striking striker situation, we're in this weird position where Aubameyang, I mean, Aubameyang, you know, has been now a long-term punishment heading into its, what, I don't know, third, fourth week of of not being picked for the squad. And he'll be off to the African Cup of Nations, um, won't he? I'm assuming he definitely won't. I think think, um, he'll be off on Saturday, won't he? Um, So... We'll be without him, and Lacazette is getting on. I mean, let's face it; um, they probably would have. I reckon they probably would have tried to sell him in this transfer window if it hadn't been for the Aubameyang situation blowing up as it has. I don't know. I mean, I'm just just a guess. So I, I think buying a striker is probably, and I don't think they probably don't think that Enketia is the solution. So buying a good, I think buying a good mid twenties, experienced striker who won't demolish our current youthful policy. Of of having players who are in their early to mid twenties seems to be a bit of a priority now. 100%. Look, you, you look at the business they did it in the summer and you go, right. Goalkeeper position, Ramsdale, cult hero. I was it Carragher. I was Carragher who named yes. him or Neville. One of them named Carragher. him is there. Yeah. Carragher. So best summer signing. Brilliant. Uh, we've got Ben White and Tommy Asu play every game pretty much now. And Tavares who has, Done well when, when called upon, you know, from a defensive point of view. Lukonga, uh, you know, no problem. You know, done fine when he was was involved. Odegaard is, I think, changing everyone's opinion week week by week and more more positively. The one area on the position that there, there wasn't investment in the summer, um, it, you know, is it, obviously up front. Um, we've just spoken about Enketia, Balogun, Martinelli's been the hugest bonus, I think, of anything in the last month to see him you know, sort of showing some of that potential and, you know, star stardust that we, we saw in glimpses before his huge injuries. Um, Lacazette is going to sort of see us through, I think, to the end of the season, but <clears throat> there's no question at the end of the season that's the business that's going to get done. But I suspect it gets done at the same time. There's names out the door. It could be three, right? You could have Balogun and Ketia, Aubameyang all leaving, I mean, Pepe, I know not an out-and-out forward, but, you know, obviously one of the key attacking positions. He's clearly not fancied by Arteta and maybe it is an opportunity to cut their losses. You, you, you're kind of already looking to the summer and thinking, well, pr- probably more than one, you know, probably mm. more than one purchase in that area of the pitch. So, um, yeah. yeah, look, it makes sense, doesn't it? You, you wait, are we in the Champions League? What finances do we have? And you take a view in the in the in the summer, but I, I, don't, I don't see them bringing someone in January striking wise. Do you, Boyd? Well, interestingly, Arteta was asked, I think, in one of his recent press conferences about January. You're, you're nodding your head you're in, in cynically, but well, he's, I think his answer was yes. He would like to strengthen in January, and he may they may well strengthen in January. And he could have kind of been. I don't know. He was slightly more. Are you eating biscuit as well? What are you eating? A little tip in the number. Nice. Lovely. Nice. Mm. Um, uh, so I was surprised by how, you know, kind of positive, how, or at least how he seemed to be saying, yes, 
there could be signings in the in, in well we've in the... got such an opportunity because this 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 fourth place and yeah it's up for grabs at yeah. the beginning of the season i don't think we i personally didn't think we'd be challenging for for fourth place but also we didn't make the signings at the beginning of the season i thought we'd we'd come eighth maybe ninth um but the signings that have come in and slotted straight into the, the, the first 11 have put us in a position and also Manchester United's demise. Um, you know, it's put us in a great opportunity. And are we going to be in this opportunity next year? I don't know. So do you take that gamble? Do you say, right, we're going to go and get ourselves a 50, 60 million pounds starting striker. And we did do that because we bought, well, you know, when we bought a Bamiak, because we literally mm. bought Lacazette for, 50 million in in the summer and then six months later bought in Aubameyang for for 60 million so yeah. so we have we we have made major transfers in January and it, I just think it's a, the perfect opportunity because of the circumstances around this this fourth place to say right this is this is the best time to go and bring in someone and that can propel us into that top four and so they you know whoever they're looking at and they might have been for the summer. They might just say, let's go and bring him in now. Mm. I don't, I, I yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. And of course, you know, getting that top four, I mean, that's worth tens and tens of millions of pounds. I mean, yeah. So investing in someone as soon as possible with a view to getting into the top four, and we're in the top four at the moment, who knows how long it will last seems would be a priority. There's always that danger though, Josh, isn't there? If, I think we've been linked with Calvert-Lewin, haven't we? And, um, you know, a couple of players in that mode. I mean, he's great. I think he'll be he'll be he'll be really good. But there is there's always that slight feeling like that it could it could unbalance the team if you bring in a big player, big money player like that in January when we when we're kind of on a roll, aren't we? I mean, I'm 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 just putting this forward as a well. This this feels very uh, Newcastle signing Aspria right in uh, in ninety five ninety six and it de- derailed um, their championship bid. Not that we are going for the title. I, I don't know. I just, look, it's cliche, right? But it is harder to bring in bigger names halfway through a season. The club that are selling will obviously need to, you know, find a replacement in themselves. I think that's probably realistic of where we are in the Premier League. If we are going to go and buy a striker off someone, taking Everton's best player or you know one one of the best players is probably at the level that that we're at. And I think it'd be, you know, a very popular choice, someone like Calvert, Calvert-Lewin, um, to take you at least onto that sort of challenge of a Champions League level, whether it's gonna, it's not going to turn you into a title challengers by any means. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd absolutely welcome it. I, ju- I just don't see it happening in January. I, I think they believe this squad of players is is good enough to see them home to fourth. And But we're halfway through and they've probably proven that, that they are. And you look at, we've had Man City away, we've had... We've had Liverpool away, you know, we've 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 had the two arguably the two toughest games of seasons in that nineteen. So yeah, let's uh I, I think we'll get by. I don't think we'll do much business in um in the window. I mean, there's nothing to come back from out on loan, right? Apart from possibly Saliba, because you look at the others that are out on loan and we've got what Bellerin, I can't see an Arsenal career, Lucas Torreira the same. We're in Arson, I think we I think we'll bid him mm. farewell. Yeah. Reese Nelson, it feels a bit Joe Willock, doesn't it? In terms of, you know, long-term opportunity. Mavropanos, I don't think they can, you know, rate him enough. And Gwen Doozy's, you know, on a different level of naughty step to even a Bamiang. So I don't think he's coming back. So in terms yeah. of, you know, ha- hoping for anything out on loan, and we've got to remember it was someone like a Smithrow who went on loan to Huddersfield who, who did come back. There isn't really anything, you know, certainly going forward to look forward to. So yeah, business to be done. Okay, we'll take a break. And after it, we'll talk about the Norwich game and um, our uh, halfway through the season report. Back in a second. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. 
Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. And we're back uh, from the break. We also beat, we slaughtered Norwich 5-0, Ollie, in a in a um, tremendously good performance. Obviously, Norwich are shit as well. We have to have the proviso <laughs> of that. It's hard, isn't it? Because I saw a lot of people tweeting off, particularly after the Norwich game, saying stuff about those of us who've doubted Arteta and rather gratuitously, in my opinion, going, oh, you know, what do you think now? You know, come on, you know, kind of almost, you know, alluding to that, that those who said, don't, you know, some of us literally said Arteta out not so long ago, as Josh will remind me, I'm sure. And we have had periods this season where we we kind of had been pretty poor. We're now playing very well. And, you know, but but we've had a run against mediocre opposition. It's hard. I've, my, what I'm trying to say is in this ineloquent way is I still don't know. I still don't know, even though we're fourth in the league, which like you, I would never have guessed at this point. I held my hands up. Absolutely surprised and stunned that we're fourth at Christmas, which is not happened for years and years and years. We've won countless games in a row, which hasn't happened for years and years doing very well. It's excellent, but I still not hundred percent, hundred percent sure just because of the teams we're beating, whether we're actually going to be competing for fourth in the long term, And that actually Arteta is still the guy who can get us that. What do you think? Um, I, I think you look, you can look at Norwich. You're right. They are shit. But also, these are teams that we struggled against last season. Um, you look at the points that we dropped against like, Fulham at home, Burnley at home, um, you know, Southampton at home. Now that we're just going in and kind of steamrolling them, that is a, that to me is a really, really positive side. You know, Norwich, you know, on, on their day can give you know, anyone a fight. You know, they only lost 1-0 to Manchester United the previous game and they actually should have, they should have picked up a point. Um, for us to go there and absolutely slaughter them is is great, um, and you know that's what we need to continue to do against the teams who, who who are below us. And you look at the teams around us; they are struggling against Southampton because you know look at Spurs today, one-one um, against ten men. Um, yeah. You look at West Ham, who are also challenging for the fourth place. You know. They lost to, at, at home to Southampton. So for us to go and beat Southampton 3 0 and go and beat Norwich 5 0, I think that's a, it's a step in the right direction mm. because you've got to beat these teams that you're expected to beat. And if everyone else is dropping points against them and we're winning, yeah, that to me is, is, is a sign of a team that is progressing. But, you know, we've got two, two really tough league games um, against, you know, City and Spurs. Um, and, you know, probably everyone's going to be calling for his head again, you know, if we lose both of those games. But yeah. we're, we're fickle, aren't we, as, as football supporters? But, I, you know, I, I look at the game and look at the result and look at the performance. And, and for me, that, that's all you can really hope for. Game by game, you know, putting in the, the, the performances and getting the results. And looking at other teams um, and what they're doing, they're dropping points. So, yeah, you, I guess it's one of those things where you just, you know, no one's going to be won over by Arteta, um, you know, over a couple of games. Um, but if we can continue it, somehow manage to s- scrape a point, you know, in the next game, then things will look even more rosy. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm infused, but I'm also trying to keep my feet on the ground a little bit. Well, I, I, Gary Neville mentioned this last night, didn't he? Boy, yes. it sounds like you were watching. He, he inferred that he wasn't talking about Arsenal as overachieving in a way that... Um, Carragher was trying to slightly goad him and said, "Yeah, they're two or three games away from another crisis. Don't don't worry about them." Yeah, um, slightly disparaging. I, you know, I think he's right. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with him, and I'm and I hope I'm proven wrong, but I absolutely hundred percent agree with him. Yeah, but is there an argument to be more positive because of those opening three games? Because if you actually go, if you looked at that table and went, actually, the last sixteen games we've taken thirty five points. Is it an ex- extraordinary return that you know all of us would have you know, not even in the most optimistic of fans I think would have gone for so I think you know you can look at the table arguably even more positively because of the way we started the season and not 
um, you, you can't discount how much personnel changes has been in, in that lineup and how we talked about the new signings and the impact they've made. So it kind of makes sense that as they settle more, Arteta can get more out of them. I think maybe this year more than ever, there will. I mean, you, you're already talking about what we've got a six point gap between us and Chelsea. You could envisage how actually the top three might get 12, 15 points ahead of everyone else. So you're basically trying to, you know, win the, win the mini league between the other mm. uh, 18, you know, clubs in the division and you can get beat by city twice and, and win that division. We, we could probably afford to lose away at Tottenham and still, and still win that. But I think the fans would love to see us just be competitive in one of those games. And, and that's the hope. The hope isn't just, oh, yeah. let's, you know, yeah. crawl our way to fourth in a very uncompetitive sort of, battle for fourth spot can we see a fight can we go somewhere where we just have rolled over in recent years and get a result or even rolled over at home you know think of the yeah, you know we... man, man city coming to town if we get a draw against man city you know forget scoring five at norwich there will be way more positivity from the fan base for you know getting getting anything out of a, the man city game of the weekend and there's the two games against liverpool don't forget in the in the cup so you know that that month, really, the month of January, where we're playing City, Liverpool, um, twice, Tottenham, is a, is a huge. Um, that's a FA huge Cup, period yeah. in four weeks, and, we, and, and you don't want to go out of the FA Cup, right? You know, you don't want to go. Out. You know. But what I'm saying is, I think what Gav, the, the point Gary Neville was making is, we have to learn from what we've seen of our team and our manager. And I don't think, and, and I'm thrilled by this run we're on. I'm thrilled we're in the top four. I'm thrilled we're competing. That's all I, re- I really asked, to be honest. And if we do do well against City and Spurs and Liverpool, I mean, if we at least compete against and do, you know, I don't, the manner of if we lose one or two of those games, it's all, it's all about the manner in which we do it. But if we put it this way, if we lose 3-0 against Man City again on Saturday or New Year's Day, as we always do, and we'll get to predictions not you know before we finish this podcast, then I'm not sure you know. I mean, I know we can get away with that in terms, of, as you say, in the chase for the top four because of poor form. You know, because of you know, Manu and Spurs are kind of much of a much as known. But I think in the long term, I still worry that their managers, particularly Spurs manager Conte, and I know they did badly today, as as Oli pointed out, but they did really well against Liverpool in that game. Anyway, this is a long-winded way of saying. I, I hopefully I will be convinced by the time the end of January arrives, but I'm not as it goes right now. Uh, but you know, that game, but to see on the positive, just to say, to see Saka scoring two goals. I mean, Saka had, you know, was slightly off form. I think people were slightly overcritical of him at the beginning of the season, you know, clearly he had a lot to deal with from the Euros, et cetera. But I thought, I think still think he's been, you know, I mean, he still works incredibly hard and creates a lot, even when he's playing badly, but he was amazing against Norwich. He was fantastic. Great goals he's adding, you know, he's scoring more. Lacazette was great. Some incredible passes from Lacazette, you know, in that position. Um, lovely goal from Kieran Tierney. Emil Smith-Rowe keeps coming on and scoring, not getting in the team. It's unbelievable. And Martin Odegaard was probably our man of the match. And, you know, in our WhatsApp group, famously Dan Baldwin, still doubtful about Odegaard and said, oh, you know, it's only against Norwich. But sure, but he's on a really good run of form, isn't he, Ollie? And I'm, I am now a believer in Odegaard. I'm going to say that at least. I don't know if, I think he's, I think he's doing really well. I think Josh said every week he's proving the doubters wrong and he just needs to continue to do that week in, week out. That was it. When you buy a player like Odegaard, you know, it's all about goals and assists. Um, And I think for, you know, up until, I think it was the, when when he scored, I think it was God scored against Man United, you know, um, he hadn't scored for, you know, a really long time. I think the only other goal he scored was Burnley. I still am pissed off. Because he gave away a penalty in that Man United game, yeah, um, and we should have, yeah. you know, how how they how they won that uh, it still irks me. Um, but you know, he's producing now, and you've got to go and get, you know, that's what he's in the team for. He's in the team to create chances. He wasn't doing it before; he's doing it now. And if it's taken him a year, because that's really how long he's been at the club for, um, to get into the swing of things, then fine. You know, that's not, yeah. I have no problem with that. Um, but it's got to be week in, week out. Um, and, and that's the problem with a lot of these players that we bring in, you know, Pepe, you know, one in five, you know, he, he does something good. It's just not good enough when you're spending that money. So he just needs to do it, do it consistently. And then I'm, I'm sure Dan will be, um, be swayed. I'm sure he wants to be swayed. So. Well, I don't know if he does. People love to be proven right more than anything. Someone said this on Twitter the other day, and it's so true that, you know, 
once people express an opinion about a foot in football, you know, kind of footballing group WhatsApp chats and just generally get as football fans. Now, if you make a verdict on a player or a team or a man, you definitely want to be proven right. And there's always, I'm not saying Dan, what, you know, I'm just saying, actually there is a, there is a tension there between wanting to be proven right all the time. I have it myself, you know, about certain opinions I had about footballers like Giroud, you know, I've, I've was never a fan of Giroud. So sometimes, you know, and that he, he I saw pictures of him, in playing as he is at the moment, sitting there in the penalty area, annoyed about something. I thought, well, yeah, that was classic true. But, you know, I always had, I always want Arsenal to win. Don't get me wrong, but there's definitely times where you want to be proven right about your opinions about players. And he was one of them. Uh, I'm sure Dan will come around. Maybe, maybe, maybe forced to admit that Odegaard is really good if he plays well in those big games against the likes of, of, uh, City that that'll be the test in Spurs because yeah I think it's really important these are good really good free kick takers Josh isn't he like you know even when even if you know, he scored a couple um but even when he doesn't score he comes close like I think he's a pretty consistent free kick taker which I don't think we've had for a long time yeah you're absolutely right I mean he, he seems to you know get the nod I've been really impressed with him and you know since that moment at Old Trafford where you know he thought about that tackle that gave away the penalty more than his his goal in that game um he's been he's been really really impressive and seems to you know take a lot of responsibility on the pitch and when this question about who could the captain be three or four weeks ago when you know Bamiang was at the beginning of this disciplinary issue and being left out and people highlight that Odegaard yes he may be young but he's an international captain with a, a lot of international football behind him and it was sort of you know I, I don't know I, I didn't, almost didn't quite take it seriously that he he could be a sort of potential um, Arsenal captain but you know here is a 23 year old who's playing extremely well who you know I think it's uh, you know well over 30 international Caps has had to deal with huge pressure of going to Real Madrid and, and everything that he's he's gone through. It's obviously not for this season, but you wonder in the summer if he continues to have a, another half of a season in the same vein of form, whether he might be in contention because, uh, you know, the, the last month has been, well, it's, it's the best we've seen of Odegaard at Is a he... time where Martinelli's played brilliantly oh, yeah. and Saka's been brilliant in the last few weeks as well. And yet Odegaard is the one who's, who's maybe taken most... Uh, most of the attention is Odegaard even in the leadership group though. Is he? Is he for the for the captaincy? I don't think look, he is. You, you look at that leadership group, and I think there's a there's a potential um, for some movement. You, you can certainly mm. say that Aubameyang. You know, I think there's there's questions about um, there's definitely you know, questions where, where about the Lacazette could go. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think hold it is holding in that. Yeah, holding, group. holding is that right, and obviously Granite Xhaka. Yeah, I'd be surprised if if sort of Xhaka. Yes. Yeah, so. Did anyone read the Amy Lawrence interview with Xhaka in, in The Athletic? Uh, I think it was today or yesterday. Did yeah, it was today. Did you like him more? Ollie, what were you saying? You, you, no, yeah. so it was pretty interesting. It, was, it, was, it, was, it just seemed to be so open, so candid in, in everything that was coming out. Like it was just, like he it, it, it wasn't there to try and prove anything with the interview. It was mm. kind of just like, I know that we're not going to see eye to eye, the fans to me, and that's fine. And I just, you did respect him for that, um, you know, and I and I still look at him and I just think he's just not Arsenal material for me. Um, I'd like to see him move on. I just feel like ever since he's come into the, the uh, into the, the Arsenal team, um, that's been the start of our decline. Um, but I thought, he, you know, I thought it was written really well. And I thought he came across very well. Um, and he was just very open and honest, which is sometimes is what you want. Um from a player and we've given him a lot of stick. Um, I think yeah. it's a lot of it. I think a lot of it's been deserved. I think sometimes he, he doesn't, he clearly doesn't quite understand it. Um, but it was, I thought it was, I thought it was really well written. And I thought, you know, he came across as well as he could have done um, in this situation where he was relatively critical about, I, I guess the supporters um, more so. Yeah, uh, Josh, I, I, I kind of agree. I think, I think, um, I mean, it was a really, as you said, really, I mean, Amy's brilliant, yeah, and, and, and great to have such an in-depth. It was a long piece, wasn't it? I think, um, I kind of would like to say, you know, I think he can just hold up his hands and go, look, there's stuff about him getting booked, you know, and it could have, you know, get red cards and all of that, which that's my main issue with him, actually, now. You know, I actually think he's played really well since he came back this time, you know, um, and he is, you know, on his day, 
And I also think Arteta's tactics now have, you know, helped him. I think he's playing more forward passes rather than backwards and sideways passes like he did for a long time, I think. But it's that disciplinary factor. And I think he, you know, Amy asked him about it and he kind of was like, you know, that's who I am. I'm paraphrasing. I, I, I think he could just stay. look, I know I was lucky not to get sent off. I was against Leeds, you know, and I know, I, and it is comical that I get booked every game. I, I kind of a self-awareness slightly, I felt, feel is still needed there. And the fact that he hasn't got that really, and in the end can't just go, yeah, you know, that is an issue. I need to sort it out or whatever. Means I still worry that every single time he fucking plays, because he does get booked every, pretty much every single game, that he's going to get sent off. And that can la- that can be a big problem for us. You know, if we start, you know, if, if we go, if that happens against any of these teams, then that is an issue. Josh, am I being slightly harsh on him? Um, I think you might be being slightly optimistic is probably the, the word I, I would use. Um, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought he came across... Pretty well, pretty honest. I don't think there's any uh, any suggestion that he's going to go down as one of you know the all-time favourite you know Arsenal players. I think that's you know Definitely it's, not. it's been an amazing turnaround to go from you know losing the captaincy, uh, clearly having such a sort of public um, you know emotion of, of throwing the armband and and everything that went with it. Um, it got, you know, it almost felt like how how does he come back from this? And yet he's he's more than come back from it. Like he's still one of the first names on the team sheet when fit with, you know, forget you know, he, as he has been. You could argue with you know every all three managers that he's played under for the club. So the managers obviously see something there. I think he probably feels that he's doesn't get the plaudits that that he deserves. And maybe you have to sort of respect why is he always in the team? Um, you know, it's not because of, you know, any, anything other than sort of ability and that managers managers trust him. So, yeah, I think it was quite a refreshing read. I think we're in a time where interviews like that, sadly, are quite scarce because of the amount yeah. of control um, by players, sorry, by the clubs on their players or by, by agents on the players, which is largely dictated by the clubs. I mean, it is, you know, I'm not sure all supporters realise how much work has to go into getting an interview like that secured. Oh, I just yeah. don't think football supporters, I think football supporters, and I, I have this conversation with some of my mates, and they just read the paper and think, oh, that might have been organised with like a day's notice. I mean, there's like negotiations. I mean, this is your world, Boyd, right? Like more, and you yeah, must hear about I think, this. Yeah, do you know what, though? I think Amy has a very, Amy Lawrence has a very special... Um, relationship with the club yes and, and rightly you know, so yeah and i think it's her like she did that big interview with with um arteta didn't she not so long ago um she was on video and i think like for the club almost that was on the clubs so i think that helps a lot when the club trusts a journalist i think the club probably trusts her more than every other journalist out there yep. you know i'd say so and you know in the end result was a good a very well balanced piece did you also see the other thing i wanted to mention god we're running out of time i've got to do, i've got i've got a thing to do at night but there also aaron ramsdale on ben foster's podcast did you see this either of you Foscast. Yeah, yeah wasn't he brilliant absolutely brilliant ollie yeah he was so that was incredibly honest like his whole story about how he left sheffield united and he told them he wouldn't play and that one you know someone sheffield united we wouldn't name basically said to him we didn't dock you money when you weren't saving goals like absolutely fucking extraordinary stuff I, I thought he, but you, there's a lot of um, interviews at the moment going on with, with Ramsdale. It seems to be like everyone's favourite outside of just Arsenal. Um, but he just, he again, he was just so honest. And it's so rare that you hear someone just, you, no one really wants to say, I refuse to play. But he yeah. was just like, he was so proud of it. He was just like, yeah. no, they, they fucked me over. Right. And, 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 and that's not right. And that's yeah. not fair. And they can't do that, so I'm going to do it. Yeah, and what we really showed, and I was so pleased about it, because I, I, is this is my theory about a lot of these things. Fans always automatically, whenever this comes up, you know, and, and people hear, you know, the club, people always take the club side against a player who goes on strike, in quotes, or, you know, I mean, the whole Aubameyang thing, I'm not going to go into it in any detail, but, you know, every, we're, all take, we're all saying, yeah, it's good that the club's disciplining him, but we don't know what gets said behind the scenes. We don't know, and that was, you know, for Aaron Ramsey to, to talk about that, as you say, so open, I thought it was absolute revelation, because it shows that actually if you treat yeah. people like shit and talk shit to them, then maybe they're fully within their rights to fire back and behave how they want to behave. And certainly, thank God, thank fuck he did, because thank God he got his move to Arsenal. Because he has, talking of which, in my opinion, been the signing of the season. Who have been your signings of the season for our half-term, half-season so far review? Josh. 
You mean from an Arsenal point of view? Oh, I'm only talking, talking Arsenal. Fuck everyone else. Yeah, but this isn't. We're well, not. We're not literally doing okay. what? <laughs> we're not doing well, the, the players that have come into Arsenal. Yes. I mean, there's there's positive feeling towards quite a few of them, right? And, yeah, in, right. In, 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 well, you have to put Odegaard in that category because, of course, you know he he becomes a permanent signing. Um, I think Ramsdale. I agree with you. Has had the biggest impact. I then think it's a, a almost a toss-up, really, between, well, I think then Odegaard and then, you know, Tommy Yasu, um, then White, maybe then Lokonga, then Tavares, probably that would be my order of, of sort of influence they've had. But the fact that we can sit there and talk about all of them and be positive about all of them is extraordinary because let's rewind 12 months. And what are we talking about, the players coming in who we're thinking about? Pablo Mari? You know, yeah. Cedric at right yeah. back, who still can't, you know, get a game, but okay as a squad member. Willian, you know, that, that didn't work out so so brilliantly. Uh, you know, Renarsson coming in as, as competition in the goalkeeping slots. Okay, Thomas Partey, and they'll still question marks there. So I, I don't think you can, you know, you can fault the summer transfer business. We it's, This is as good as it gets, right? This is as good as it gets. But I think any club to have made, you know, the five, how was it five we made? Five yeah, or six five, signings. Think, yeah. um, and and to, for, the, for the supporters to not really be disappointed in any of them come six months, um, that's that's unheard of. You know, there's always going to be one or two that you'd say, ah, they're not good enough. Um, and you look at, you know, to, to, I mean, Tavares has been, if I'm reading correctly, he's been linked elsewhere. Um to, to leave the club at the end of the season. Um, so, you know, so obviously someone's done their, you know, the scouting report, you know, very well to go and get in a player um, like him, who's quite happy to, to sit on the bench and be, you know, deputised um, for, for Tierney. Um, you know, Tommy Asu, remember, you know, remember when he signed and I thought, what is it, the guy from Sky was yes. like, he's yes. not even a right back, he's not even a centre-back and he was being yeah. touted out to, to everyone. Like, he looks like an idiot, doesn't he? He was an idiot before saying that anyway. Um, but you know, to have all the signings, to be positive about all of them in in an individual way is is remarkable, and that is credit to to the scouting department. So, who's your favourite? The right player. Who's your favourite? I mean, you, you've mentioned Ramsdale. I think everyone will say that he's just been phenomenal um, in between the sticks. But for me, um, I thought Leno was a pretty good goalkeeper anyway. We had a real issue right back with Bellerin. He's yeah. been off the ball for one or two years and for Tommy Asu to come in, slot in straight away as if he'd been at the club for years. And he's just solid. It was like when Monreal came into the squad, um, into, into the first 11 every week. He's just solid. He, he yeah. never put in a bad performance. And he, he reminds me of, of that, you know, when he just, he just, he's just reliable. Um, and we needed that big time. Mm. And Josh, who's your overall player? Who's just your favourite player um, of this of the season so far? That is an interesting question. Um, I still get most excited to watch Saka. When I go to the game and you, you see Saka's playing, I know he's not been in, in you know, brilliant form all the way through the season. You alluded to earlier, I think, getting over the penalty, you know, can only play on his mind like it's still we'll be talking about that penalty in 20 years and you know the names of Southgate and Batty and, and all the others that missed penalties for over the years and and to do so in a final even greater so I still feel he's sort of my sort of half season uh player who I've sort of you know enjoy feeling watching as an Arsenal fan and I think he'll only get better in the second half of the season Ollie um I'm going to go for Gabriel. I mm. think he's come into the team because um, he was out for the first three or four games, I think it was. And when, and him and White put together an amazing partnership. And I, I don't think I was convinced by him as a signing last season. Um, I think he, he started well and, and he really sort of tailed off towards the end of the season. But he's he's come in and the two of them, they look solid as anything. And for us to have two reliable centre-backs is, um, it's been something we've been looking for, for, you know, the last four five, six seasons. So I, I think he's, I think he's been brilliant. 
Yeah. Um, with 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 the proviso that I'm going to ask about the most improved player in a minute, I'm going to pick because otherwise I'd pick the player I'm going to pick for most improved. I'm going to pick Lacazette. Unapologetically, I'm so thrilled for him that he has ended up. You know, he's gone through. I remember 18 months ago, if that, people slagging him off relentlessly on social media. You know, he's had some down periods. Um, but this whole him coming back into the team has coincided with our good form. I think it's no accident. He had a dodgy game against Everton. He recovered from that brilliantly. Um, I'm just thinking his little, some of his little passes he makes, which don't, you know, barely get noticed are fantastic. He's just kind of, you know, he's, he's, he's just an all round brilliant forward at the moment. And I've always loved him. As soon as he arrived, I, I remember getting annoyed that, um, you know, he didn't, he wasn't played in some of the bigger games early on when he first arrived at the club. Um, I, I was always annoyed about that. I just think, I just love him. I think he's great. I think he's a really good character. He's a lovely guy. Um, so I'm very pleased for him. But the most improved player has to be Martinelli, who would be my second choice for player. And what a brilliant thing that is, isn't it? Like just, just to see him flowering into this, you know, get, getting competitive Thierry Henry and, you know, who the fuck, yeah, I mean, he's just, it's just brilliant. And he's so, He's worked so hard. He wins the ball back. He fucking looks like he could score any minute. It's just brilliant, isn't it, Josh? Yeah, I can't argue with you at all on Martinelli in the last couple of you know weeks. It's been absolutely brilliant. We haven't seen better from him, I think, in his Arsenal career. He's four Premier League goals already this season. There's a better return than he had in the last couple of, of seasons. And it's come at a time where... You know, you look to the bench and you see Pepe and the £72 million signing and, you know, the, the player who, you know, we, we, we hope for so much more from. And in, and in fact, you know, the young Brazilian is, is the one who you can only see getting more and more game time as we go on. And finally, I'm going to ask you, to, we're going to predict the, the City game, but let's predict now where we think we'll finish at the end of the season. Let's make that prediction. We'll keep the receipts, as they say. Um, I'll go first. I think we're going to finish fifth. And I'm now, which is a couple of places higher than I thought a couple of months ago, and I can't be too furious about it, but I think it will be annoying um, because it'll be close. Josh? Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely torn between fourth and fifth. And... It seems not that long ago where I sat here and I remember Trevor Harris <laughs> yes. telling me that Arsenal in the top 10 was a terrible bet when I was, <laughs> and I did yeah, put good money on it, not as much as I now wish I had, but it, it, <laughs> when that was uh, about 1.6 on the exchanges. So yeah, thanks Trev for talking me out of, uh, of investing further in that. So, you know, that we're now talking fourth, fifth is, you know, is brilliant. <sighs> It, I, I feel we, we might just come up just short. I think we have to respect that um, Manchester United have still probably got a, a better squad of players than, than we do. And I think they might, uh, they might, they might rapidly improve in the, in the second half of the season. And, you know, I know Spurs have drawn today while we record this, but they have been significantly better um, under Conte. And that is a massive game in a couple of weeks time at, uh, uh, you know, at their stadium. So I think we'll fall just short, unfortunately. So fifth. Ali? Ooh, I, I think, I think we'll finish behind Man United and Spurs. So um, sixth for me is where okay. I think we'll, we'll come. But I think that should be enough to get us back into the Europa League, which Woo-hoo! probably, yeah, which is at the start of the season, I think all we could really have hoped for, to be honest. Yeah. As long as bit, we're not in... A bit depressing, but... Yeah. Um, as long as we're not in the conference. Yeah, as long as we're not in the conference, it's fine. And finally, our final prediction of the year. It's a big one. What the fuck is going to happen when Arsenal play Man City on New Year's Day? Josh. We will lose, I fear, <laughs> sadly. But, uh, you know, we can't get you upset. It's what you mentioned earlier. You just want to be a competitive. If it is another of the three nils and it's three nil at half time and then Man City take the foot off the gas and everyone wonders is our you know is Guardiola just being nice because it's Arteta and you know telling his uh, his team to hold off a bit then that would be embarrassing I think we will lose two nil to Manchester City who I think will win the title and you know if we're not to come in the top four it won't be because we lost to City but 
Hope I'm wrong. And Ollie? Yeah, I think we'll lose as well. Um, but as long as we put up a valiant effort, that, that's all we can really hope for. Um, I think I think 2-0 as well, unfortunately. I'll go 3-1. We always let in three against them, don't we? I think. I think, I think. But we never score. So yeah, I think we scoring. score. I think yeah, I think we might even score first or something weird like that. You know, just something to get our hopes up. I the only think. thing that goes for us is the little gap um, that that that's happened, and yeah. um, you know, hopefully, you just you just never know. Someone picks up a niggly injury. He wants to change his, his lineup. It, you know, bringing Grealish. Who I don't think it's all that. It might might play into our hands. A little bit, um, but they're so good, aren't they? Yeah, they are unbelievable. They're a machine, aren't they? They're just a machine, and yet they kind of find weird new ways of scoring after about 10 seconds, usually. If we haven't let in a goal after 20 minutes, I'll be fucking thrilled. Let me just say that. Um, Let me just say thanks to everyone who listens, all our subscribers, all the people who respond on Twitter and point out when I don't, when I say something stupid. Um, Thanks to all our guests. Thanks to Ollie, particularly, and to all our regulars. And my personal thanks to Josh, who keeps the whole fucking thing going. Um, I don't know why I'm swearing so much today. It's, it's uh, weird. Um, yeah, Josh sorts everything out. Is and, that your uh, New Year's resolution? Swear no, less? no, not at all. No, maybe less on this podcast. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Josh, uh, thank you very much. Yes. Well, happy New Year to everyone who listens. Happy New Year. Yeah. And we'll be back for um, a post city review in early 2022. Exactly. Bye. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.